Welcome back to another episode of the Inside Scoop. I'm David Owen. This is a podcast where we get to hear directly from people within the school district to learn about things that can help your student be successful. And today we get to explore the arena of special ed or special needs education with two guests. The first is the Director of Compliance of Special Ed, Jessica Coleman. Welcome to The Scoop, Jessica. Thank you. And she is flanked by the man in red today, the big guy over special ed department, and that's Mr. George Morgan. George, thank you for coming in. Thank you for the invitation. All right. So uh, this podcast is a little bit different. Usually we drill down into the the details of one issue or another, but this is kind of a big overview podcast today. We're going to talk about what puts the special in special ed. That's a broad question to throw at you. Who's the brave one that's going to tackle that right out of the box? I'll go ahead first and say the special in special education is more about the specialized support for students based on their disability. Okay, George, what what would you consider to be uh, the breadth of your clientele? Like, who are the special needs uh, students that and parents that you're serving through your, your department? So usually when we're talking with parents and educators about um, all of the students we support, we talk about um, students with learning disabilities, mm-hmm. some students with... Um, emotional and behavioral needs that we support. Um, it also extends to student with, students with various diagnoses uh-huh. that um, require support through another health impairment, um, students with cognitive delays, um, students with autism, uh, students who are experiencing uh, blindness or deaf Harvard hearing. There are a number of students within our district um, that we support um, in all of our classrooms. Okay, and, and those are probably more wide-ranging than you could really list here, right? I mean, every every child is unique. So, Jessica, how long do you guys have these students as your clients? Well, it depends. Every situation is different. Some students come in and are served in special education at age three, Mm -hmm. um, all the way through age 22. Um, And then some students come in at various points when it is determined that they need the specialized instruction and support from the special education department. Wow, 22? Yes, all the way up until the day before of their 22nd birthday. We, we pay our taxes in Cobb for, for educating our kids up to, what, 17, 18. Uh, do we get funding from other places just for these students? The funding is there, and the funding helps us as we're supporting students with a transition to a post-secondary option. Okay. It's really important for um, those students to receive some additional layers of support, and we're able to provide that. There are going to be parents listening to this who have experienced the special ed department or their parents that have no clue. I mean, maybe they just found out their child has autism or something last week, for all we know. What can these parents expect when they first come to Cobb schools for needs relating to their special needs child? I think the first thing they can expect is um, responsiveness if they are reaching out um, because they believe their child is in need of special education services, Mm -hmm. um, evaluating students and determining if they're eligible for those supports. And then um, one thing we are really excited about this year is we have created a welcome packet for our parents. So as students are identified as um, needing special education support, we have now created a packet with some of the just the basic information that they need to know 
um, special education is a world of acronyms. So <laughs> yes. they they may not know what those are. And so it gives them um, an idea, kind of a, a word bank there, a definitions, um, and some other just general information that would be helpful to them as they begin this journey. I could just see that that list of acronyms, you know, on somebody's refrigerator, uh, because it's, it's uh, such a wonderful thing to have to refer to. Right. <laughs> but it's a reality. Of, I mean, look. Government, right? That's uh, we acronymize everything. Is that a word? We it can make not. it a word. Okay, it's a word today. Today it's a word. So uh, yeah, that's a great thing having a welcome packet. To what? What is in the welcome packet? What kind of information would they likely find when they open that? So the welcome packet starts with a letter from actually Jessica and I, just okay. welcoming welcoming them to um, our department, mm-hmm. um, letting them know that we are a resource for them, and other information in terms of our parent me- mentors as resources and how they can leverage them. Okay, um, or, let me stop you at that point. I'm sorry sure. to interrupt, but yeah. parent parent mentor. Uh, let's go a little into that. What do you mean parent mentor? Well, we um, are a part of the Georgia Parent Mentor Partnership through the Georgia Department of Education. And so we have parent mentors that are um, also parents of students with disabilities um, that work within our district um, team. And they are there to really listen to parents, um, be that lending ear, but also giving them some advice, um, just like they have gone through the journey as parents. Um, And then resources. Um, They certainly provide some um, workshops for parents and answer questions as needed. That's really a good thing. So you said these are are people with uh, children of special needs as well? Yes, that is actually a requirement um, for them to actually have a student with a disability Mm -hmm. so that they can then have that same perspective as another parent because they've been through that already. There's nothing like that perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, typically when parents reach out and they have... um, questions, they are really excited about being able to connect with someone that understands their experience, how they will move through this process, um, whether it's in the initial eligibility processes or understanding components of the IEP. The parent mentors are really helpful with them feeling comfortable having conversations with someone who um, understands their experience. When it comes to the emotional side, um, is that are they able to help with that? Because I'm sure, look, whether you found out that your child is, is a special needs child at birth or, again, just last week or what have you, I mean, there's an emotional baggage to have to deal with there. Is, is that also part of what they do or is that... Yeah, they have actually done some trainings um, so that they can talk to parents about, you know, taking those breaks, um, being there for your child, but also understanding from the parent perspective of self-care, because that's really important, especially when Mm. you have a child with a disability and you need to provide um, a lot more support at home than other parents may need to do. So the parent mentors are kind of like a trail guide in the sense that they are they're helping the the parents navigate these special ed waters. What kind of resources would they uh, direct the parents to? I mean, are we talking about uh, financial? Are we talking about uh, counseling? What what kind of things would these mentors? They have um, some outside resources for parents. So mm-hmm. if um, if parents are looking for, for example. Um, programs, extracurricular activities for students with disabilities. They have resources like that, different types of um, private services, um, but also um, thinking about resources in terms of um, navigating um, 
Medicaid, for example, or navigating um, transition into post-secondary where students are leaving us and going either to college or to jobs and what those options may be. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a variety of topics. Um, Our parent mentors have um, different trainings and workshops, but also um, we have a parent mentor website on the district website where there is a um, resource library where they can um, go and look at past presentations and other resources. Um, We also, um, once a year, do a community connections fair where Mm -hmm. we bring kind of everybody from the community that has fun activities, not just services for students, because a lot of our students get outside private services, but fun things for them to do as kids. Um, And they can come and pick up resources and talk to different companies about um, the activities that they can do in the community with their children. And uh, if I remember right, I I think I heard something about it's coming up uh, just after the first of the year, right? Yes, it's February 7th. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we can dig into that further in another podcast. That sounds great. So those uh, activities, uh, post-secondary activities, when you mention that, my my mind goes to something like uh, the Tommy Nobis Center. As, sure. as one of, is that uh, a fit for what you were absolutely what you were saying the the questions range from parents because we have parents accessing a number with as they're supporting their child a number of different post secondary options so some have questions about how to um, connect to scholarship dollars okay. Um, if their child is attending college. Uh, Some are questioning what happens with accommodations for my child who received accommodations um, as they were going through high school and now they're transitioning to college. Do they get those accommodations? What helps me navigate that, right? Because it's gonna feel different for the child. um, And there are ways in which we can help them understand what that transition looks like, who they might reach out to when they're getting to college campuses. Um, There are also other areas that we look at, whether it's vocational rehab, how we support self-advocacy, technology tools that we can um, support parents with, guardianship, um, all those things that parents naturally have questions about as they are experiencing different things with different students. Um, We're able to help them with through various trainings. Parent mentors help lead parents in the direction of all these resources that we have available in the district. So one of the things that that Cobb has in its, uh, I guess you'd call it mission statement or slogan, is student success as a phrase. One team, one goal, student success. And that includes special ed students. Just a minute ago, you, you mentioned some of these special ed students going on to a college career. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that that's a possibility for some students. Um, But what are some of the other options as well uh, for some of these special needs students who have gotten themselves all the way up through the the 12th grade and and beyond? There's a variety of options. There is um, more inclusive programs within um, colleges now. Um, And so those are for students that may have intellectual disabilities that still get to experience um, college. There's also some um, technical school options and then um, jobs. Um, You know, we want to prepare our students if they are not going to college to either be a part of a job or either volunteer Mm -hmm. um, or participate in a day program. For some of our students, that is um, success. Okay, And just that autonomy is, uh, is, is what you would use as the definition in that case? Yes. 
Yeah, IEP teams are working with students as they're planning for that transition to give them a picture of where they might go, what success looks like for that student with yeah. their input, the input of all the stakeholders um, in that IEP meeting. Um, whatever they define as success for that student as they're watching that student grow um, connects to that overall idea of just general success across yeah. the board for our district. So just for those who are uninitiated or not used to the term an IEP meeting, what, what is the meaning of, of that acronym? It's an individualized education program, um, and that is really a plan um, for at least a year. Um, certainly, you can come back and adjust it, but it's an annual plan for students' deficits and how we're going to build those deficits and decrease the gap um, that is in, that they're impacted with with their disability. Okay, so based on the individual child, it's uh, is it fair to say this is a setting of expectations and goals? Yes, we talk about how students are currently performing, mm -hmm. um, and then from there, develop their goals and what um, accommodations or supports and services that they might need to help them accomplish that goal and to access the curriculum. And, you know, it's interesting to me that uh, for the general ed students, we do the same thing. We just don't call it that. Right. Uh, we call it, I think, formative assessment and uh, lesson planning according to differentiating, I think, is a term. Right. Is that right? That is. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, what are some of the things that the parents of special needs uh, children, uh, students, can look forward to in this, this upcoming year? Um, well, one of the highlights each year is Exceptional Children's Week, which mm -hmm. happens in March. It's actually March 6th through 10th this year. Um, so there are a number of activities in each school um, that really highlight um, what's happening in terms of students with special needs and them having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, the, the gist of it is to uh, give these special needs children a, a chance to enjoy who they are. Is that a fair way of putting that? I think and also celebrating um, students with disabilities. Um, they're not just their disability. They are children, too. So celebrating that and allowing other students to see um, what that means and how we can include all students. So it's not just for the special needs students. It's for the general ed students as well to to uh, get to know them a little bit. So, and, and that brings to mind uh, an event that, that happens every year at Kennesaw Mountain High School, um, and, and I think maybe a, a few other schools, is a special needs dance, annual the dance, I think is what they call it. And it it is the dance. It is. Yeah. It is one it's of the, the highlights. highlights of the year, absolutely. Tell the audience a little more about what that's like. Imagine um, prom amplified. Imagine joy rising to the 10th power. Imagine excitement bubbling from every corner of a venue. It is, um, for me and I'm sure for Jessica, one of the highlights of the year because you really do get to see general education students, special education students together enjoying a, a dance and food and just hanging out together in a unique way. And it is loud. Very loud. Very loud. Very loud. And it should be. It's it got to be. be that loud. Yeah, we got to feel the energy of if it. If I remember right, they host some 800 students across the district in this one gym that's decorated, right? Mm -hmm. Now, how many, how many students are there, special needs students, are there across the district? Ballpark. There are approximately 14,700 students with disabilities across the district. 
Wow. And now, does that give focus to the instruction in the classroom, teaching kids how to dance? I mean, because I could have used that when I was in high school. I think kids naturally know how to dance, <laughs> um, but it does incorporate some of their um, motor skills yeah, um, yeah. and working on dancing. But I do think, you know, when you see a peer doing whatever the latest dance is, usually other kids are going to start copying it. Yeah. And that's what happens. Well, if only we could open that to the public, but unfortunately, I don't think we can, right? No, but work, that would be great. Work on that, George, will you? I mean, <laughs> visual. Let's start with pictures first, and then we'll see where we go from there. All right. I think one um, last highlight towards the end of the year for us is our evening of inspiration. Um, we talked about the dance a little bit, um, but the evening of inspiration is really a time um, for students to showcase their talents, and it gives them um, an opportunity to showcase their talents and their abilities and not just be a student with special education. Um, that is also another highlight um, that we look forward to that is in May every year. I recall this one student who uh, used a wheelchair to get around, and he, he found that it was hard to get people to see him instead of see him in the wheelchair, or I guess see the wheelchair mainly. And so he took it upon himself to participate in, in one of these evenings of inspiration I got to see one time. And it was just so moving to see these kids showing who they are beyond the hardware that surrounds them. You know, there, there's a person there and we should never forget that. So. Absolutely. I um, recall the last evening of inspiration, a student with autism who was nonverbal um, the year prior and mm was singing um, and was singing a lot better than I can sing. Um, it was just beautiful and it moved a lot of people to tears. So um, mm. there are a lot of talents um, and sometimes people um, may not always see those talents. Um, so it's a, a way for them to, to showcase those um, and so that we can see them as people if, if we're missing that. When parents have, have questions, uh, who do they reach out to? I mean, we, we talked about the parent mentors, and they're a great resource for, for the, the parents. But what if they need something that's more, uh, for lack of a better description, system-related, uh, where they need to ask a specific question about the academics of, of their, their child? Who do they reach out to, and how, how do they get that communication chain going? That best res the best resource they've got is the SSA in their building. That's the support and service administrator. Okay. Essentially, that is the person who knows all things related to special education and can answer your questions. So okay. if you have questions related to the IEP that Jessica talked about a moment ago, if you have uh -huh. questions about eligibility or just how your student is being supported in the building each day, they're able to give you information or at least direct you to that person who can help you understand uh, what you need. So that's an, another great resource to, uh, to have, in addition to the parent mentors, is the SSAs, as you, you said. Absolutely. Okay. How do parents access the resources regarding special education? The website, um, our district website for special education is helpful. We've got a parent mentor website also that um, provides a lot of information for parents. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, all of the local resources that are provided by the SSA that might be school specific is also helpful because there might be some unique things that are happening at the building uh -huh. um, that they can um, 
support them in understanding the happenings with. Unique to that school? Unique to that school. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we'll be sure to drop some of that uh, information in the show notes and and uh, parents can, can certainly turn to that and, and browse. And, and if not find the answer there, they can always reach out to their SSAs and so forth. Well, guys, thank you so much. We've been listening to Jessica Coleman and George Morgan, two of Cobb's best in the special ed department. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. We thank you. We it. appreciate it. So follow or subscribe whatever your particular uh, podcast outlet requires so that you don't miss any publications. We generally publish every Wednesday except on the holidays, so don't miss out. Thanks for listening to The Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District. Mm-hmm.